Rob Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. It's a three. In and out. Rebound. Payton. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana rocking alongside the saintly one, Gary St. Gene. A lot to get to on this Tuesday evening. The homestand that has not been very good. Reports of Jonathan Kaminga losing faith in Steve Kerr last week. We'll get to all that. But let's start with Draymond Green because uh, he met with the media for the first time since returning from suspension. Obviously, he hasn't played in a game yet, but he was on the bench for that really tough loss to the Toronto Raptors, which we will dive into later in the show. And we remind you that the Warriors 2023-24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. And you can hit us up, 888-957-9570. But a lot to get to with Draymond Green. I want to start with the one quote he had from his press conference earlier today. And I think this is pretty much hitting it on the head. And, Gary, I'd like to get your response after we hear from Draymond. He's saying his return is urgent because he's cost this team enough. And uh, that sounds pretty on point to me. It's urgent from a professional standpoint because I wasn't hurt. At least my body wasn't hurt. My mind was hurt. My feelings was hurt. Uh, but it wasn't like some injury caused me off the floor. So it's very urgent because I've cost my team enough. I've cost this organization enough. You know, and so it's not a time for me to just come back and be like, all right, I'm going to take my time and get back when I can. No, like you caused this yourself. And so you don't get the grace. And although I'm very appreciative of our organization, number one, for the support, but number two, they're putting the plan together to ramp up. If it was up to me, I would love to come back and play right now. Reality is it's probably not the best thing for me or the best thing from an organizational standpoint and what that looks like moving forward and, and the risk of injury and all those things. But, you know, there's a human component of this as well. And you sit home and you watch these games and as a competitor, you want to help. Well, Kev, you know what? Uh, uh, that he's a bright young guy, and uh, he knows he's made major mistakes. He owns up to them. Uh, he wants to help his teammates. There, there's nothing more special than a locker room. And you look around that locker room, and you want to earn each other's respect, and you want to be accountable and responsible to each other. And he's let his guys down, and he wants to try to help them now. Uh, and right now, the, the Warriors need some help. So it couldn't be a better time uh, for him to come back uh, in, you know, a few few games or whenever it is. But uh, he, he, you know, the, the old expression, he, he, he manned up. He, he, he admitted his wrongs, and uh, he's, he's going to try to do the best he can to be a great teammate and help the Warriors win. Yeah, and they could certainly use him coming back whenever he does. And I was reading Shana Rubin's article on this, and and she was saying from from the press conference, look, he's not playing tomorrow against the New Orleans Pelicans. It could take up to a week maybe. There is no set date yet for him to ramp up to conditioning because he didn't touch a basketball the first 10 days of his suspension. He was all in on you know getting the, the, the mental health help that he needed uh, to, to get through this. And 
he is when he does come back. It's at a good time. Obviously, his defense what is what he's made his hay for for his career. But also with Chris Paul's injury that he mm. suffered just last week, just get get another playmaker out there offensively is also going to be very important for Golden State. Well, I think that's what made this team unique over the last decade is uh, their ability to run point forward uh, through him and get Steph off the ball where he's even more dangerous than when with the ball. And um, with that said, if he comes back and, and takes uh, takes the reins, uh, I think this team both on both ends of the floor will look much better. Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely will. Now, interesting stat from Draymond's defense this year. Like, when you watch him individually, yeah. he still looks like a pretty good defender, but his defensive rating is 118. That means when he's on the floor, the Warriors are giving up 118 points per 100 possessions, which is not very good, especially considering the Warriors' defensive rating as a team is 116.2. So they're actually their defensive rating is better when he's off the floor than when he's on the floor. And I was reading an article this week, can't remember if it was the Chronicle or the Bay Area News Group, that his defensive rating is 412th out of 520 players in the NBA who've played at least <laughs> one game this uh, the year. I mean, how concerning of a number is that for you, Saint? Well, there's an old expression, you know, the stats don't lie, but you sure fooled me with that one. I, I <laughs> just, I didn't see, uh, that's beyond my comprehension. I, I don't believe it. I, I believe in the eye test and uh, the feel that you get watching him on the court and his teammates and... Boy, oh boy. I, I guess it's true, but it's so, sure hard to believe, uh, believe. And, Kev, one other point I wanted to share before we move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, when you're down, you find out who your real friends are. And I, I, I thought it was really moving about the way he complimented Bob Myers calling him twice a day when it first yep. happened. And that Steve Kerr going over to his house and them having a heart-to-heart. Yep. Him talking to Adam Silver and talking about retirement and Adam... You know, Adam. The thing about Adam versus David Stern, he he's a he's a players commissioner, and uh, he he wants the best for all these guys. And David was old school, and he ran a tight ship. And uh, I I just wanted to praise all those people that have been there to try to help in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Adam Silver saying it, that'd be a rash decision if you did decide to retire. So uh, I- interesting to get that perspective uh, from him. That the uh, that the Golden State Warriors, a longtime defensive stalwart, hopefully will be back sooner rather than later. And I do want to play one more clip uh, from today because. Uh, Steve Kerr just went on Willard and Dibs. I thought this would be an interesting soundbite to hear because there's obviously this stuff with you don't want Draymond, you know, attacking a Rudy Gobert or Yusuf Nurkic in the way he did earlier this year to earn those suspensions. But also the Warriors don't want him arguing with refs to, to a point that would earn him some more technical fouls. And this is what Kerr said when asked about how realistic Draymond can stop going at officials, how realistic that is. I think it's realistic. Um, I can't predict what's going to happen, but you know what, what we want uh, and what Draymond wants is to be able to compete with the, uh, the usual emotion that, and passion that makes him who he is without crossing the line. And, um, you know, that's he's done it before. You know, it's not like 
you know, he goes nuts on the ref every single game. Um, so I've, I've been coaching him for 10 years and almost every year things have, have, you know, have gone exceedingly well. I mean, that's why we've won championships. That's why he's been on all-star teams and all defensive teams. So we know he can draw the line and, and that's what we're hoping and expecting. I, I, I love that. And, uh, you know what? He's going to have the support of everybody. Um, you know, heck of a coaching staff, an organization, and uh, you know they know that if he if he has things corralled and in, in, in the right lane here, uh, he's a big big contributor to this team. So uh, he's he's gonna you know he'll get a hug, uh, a handshake, and high fives and all that, and, and it's it's gonna be let's go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, hopefully it's sooner rather than later that he gets yeah. out there because uh, the Warriors certainly could use Draymond Green in the worst way, especially considering how this homestand has gone, which we will talk cool. about on the other side of this timeout. But first, folks, you can experience Enrique Iglesias, Pitbull, and Ricky Martin together live at Chase on Wednesday, January 31st. Don't miss their 2024 Trilogy Tour. Tickets on sale now at ChaseCenter.com. We're going to take a break. Come on back and break down what has been a, not a homestand from heaven as the Warriors are just 2-4 and four in the first six games of their seven-game homestand with just one game remaining tomorrow against the Pelly Pels. We'll talk about that and more on the other side of this break right here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screen by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. All-Star Voting is live. Dub the Vote, presented by Google Cloud, gives you the power to send your favorite Warriors to this year's All-Star Game. Visit warriors.com slash dub the vote to vote now. We welcome you back to Warriors Roundtable. Here on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570, the number if you want to hit us up and talk some dubs, shooty, hoop. Kevin and Gary St. Jean with you. And, well, Gary, let's get into this homestand because it has been very unpleasant. Just two and four after an ugly loss to the Toronto Raptors, dropping them two games below 500. And, and so far on this homestand, Gary, you get worked by Miami without Jimmy Butler. You let Luka Doncic do whatever he wants, give up 132 to Dallas. You blow an 18-point lead the final 635 to Denver. And you give up 133 to a Toronto team that lost to Detroit recently. Uh, it has, uh, let me just put it this way, there have been better homestands that the Warriors have had. <laughs> hey, I remember a guy, uh, a Stanford grad, who said this might go 5-2. and two. <laughs> Yes, and, I, I remember and, that guy too. Yeah, and then, then an old NBA coach... Uh, Said ah, that that's you're being conservative. I I thought they could go like uh, six and one. <laughs> Holy moly! No wonder my chickabee pals don't listen to me when I start telling them about how a game's gonna go. Unbelievable! We blew it. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 blew it, and Golden State certainly blew it last Thursday against the Denver Nuggets. But let's talk about the loss to the Toronto Raptors, a loss oh. that ensured a losing homestand. They honestly, they'll be lucky to finish this homestand three and four. The New Orleans yeah. Pelicans coming off just a. Re- 
ridiculously good win over the Sacramento Kings on Sunday. Uh, we'll get to the Pelicans later in the show, but the Raptors shot 59%. They scored 24 fast break points. It felt like the first six minutes of the game, all Toronto did was get breakout layups, either off Golden State misses or makes, and they were just getting whatever they wanted at the rim and in transition most of the night. Well, obviously, the, the defense wasn't connected. There, there was no rim protection, uh, poor rotations, uh, no communication. Uh, but what, what really got me is I think Barrett made more jump shots in that game for Toronto than he yeah. did in his two or three years in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he Going ever wide. shot the ball like that, he, he would be, he'd be an all-star. He, he was terrific. And, uh, you know, he's gone home, a happy guy. And they got Emmanuel Quickly, who I, I'm very high on. I think he can uh, possibly be a starter or a backup one, and, and he's going to get a heck of a contract. And I think that's part of the reason he was involved in the Knicks deal. But, you know, Toronto played a heck of a game. Uh, they, they've got some really nice pieces. I, I like Barnes and Siakam maybe on the market, but that's enough about them. Let's talk about the Warriors. And, and it was just a poor performance. At the end of the day, that's all you can say. Yeah, no, poor performance. The, the the defense certainly wasn't there. I mean, R.J. Barrett has scored 46 in a game, so it wasn't his career high, but 37 points to your point, Gary. He was 5 of 8 from downtown. He's not known as a wow. knockdown, lights-out three-point shooter. Chris Boucher did not miss a shot. 7 oh, yeah, of 7, the former that. Santa Cruz Warriors, plus 17 in 16 minutes. I mean, just up and down the lineup, getting contributions everywhere. And you mentioned Emmanuel quickly, 9 points, 10 assists, no turnovers uh, in that 15-point win for the Raptors. And yes, I mean, to your point, they were hitting shots. They hit at a higher frequency than they normally do. I believe they're 25th in three-point field goal percentage, though Kalena was quick to point out on the broadcast that they've been making threes at a higher rate recently. But just that, that defense was atrocious. And, and while the Warriors didn't turn it over much in that game, look, they had just 11 turnovers in the game. There were key turnovers that once they had it down to nine, like they had a great third quarter, they get it down to 96-87, but then a couple of turnovers led to easy points the other way, and when they did turn over, it felt like they got punished every time. Like they only had 11 turnovers, but the Raptors had 23 points off those turnovers. Yeah, you're going to have nights like that. We call those live ball turnovers. Uh, you know, when the ball is deflected and goes out of bounds, the defense gets a chance to recover. Well, if it's a live ball, it may be a guard-to-guard -guard pass or a pass into the post. It gets deflected, and off you go. And Indicative of, of the night, you didn't have a good defensive balance. Guys getting back, uh, you know, I got him, you got him. You know, they're just it just wasn't a very, very good performance. And, uh, Kev, I can remember you a few years ago telling me about Boucher. I, yeah. I, I remember you telling me you thought he could be an NBA player. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just the length he has. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's like a seven six wingspan, if I remember Holy correctly, cow. from when he was with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Now, when he was with the Santa Cruz Warriors, his rookie year, he was coming off a torn ACL, so he like didn't oh. play the first part of the season. He only he was on a two way contract with the Golden State Warriors and the Santa Cruz Warriors, and he only played one game with Golden State. I remember like his he, the one game he played, I think he airballed a three with Golden State. Like, I mean, he was just working his way back but then 
Toronto gave him a two-way contract, and, and then he just kind of built himself up there. And like sometimes he was in and out of the Nick Nurse rotation, but like, he's getting rotation minutes for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. He had a great game against Golden State, and uh, when you he's like a three and B, like the threes and blocks because of his yeah. size. And, and when you have the rim protection with the wingspan and the ability to sh- knock down threes, I mean he was three of three from three against Golden State uh, with his size and his athleticism like uh, that guy can make a lot of money in the NBA yeah he, he's watching that game he, he he showed me he deserves to be possibly in a you know in a nine-man rotation yeah yeah no I I agree with that for sure and it is cool to see him continue to develop over the course of his NBA career he, he came from some really humble beginnings in Montreal so uh, really cool to see his progression as a player but I mean the, the, just overall this homestand you, you, you have the the 18 point blown lead in the fourth quarter against Denver then you back it up with a uh, too close for comfort win against the Detroit Pistons who are about to be 3 and 34. Now I will say this, I'm going to make another prediction here on Warriors Roundtable that doesn't have All anything right. to do with the Warriors and I don't know how much you should take stock into it because I said the Warriors were going to go 5 and 2 on this home stand and obviously that's not happening. But the Detroit Pistons, you heard it here first, are going to lose fewer than 70 games this year. I I just when I see when I look up and down their roster and with Monty Williams's head coach and they just lost to Sacramento uh, 131 to 110 in a game they had a 17 point lead yeah. late in the second quarter and uh, by halftime they were down three but when I look at this roster I do not see a historically bad collection of talent no I, I agree with you the problem for me they've had some key injuries like Duran was out for a couple weeks and now Cunningham yeah. is out He's out and, for a week. Uh, they they can't afford injuries with you know the way that they play because Bogdanovic missed a lot of time, and yep. you got to put the ball in the hoop. And yeah. you know they just they play in spurts. They don't play forty eight minutes. That's a sign of a young team with inconsistency. But I I, I would agree with you with that. And I, I I'm going to go back something you shared with me. Okay. That Denver game, the Warriors really played well. And yes. maybe the third quarter might have been their best quarter of the year. Yes. And, you know, the fourth quarter, things fell apart. But, you know, you, you got beat by greatness. You know, there's luck involved with the shot. But, uh, you know, that that's the defending champs. And, you know, they, they've got a great starting five. I, I, I'm suspect on their bench. But uh, that, I, that, that game there was uplifting to me. But as you noted, uh, the Dallas game, my God, Luca, you know, he had a clear path to the hoop about yeah. 10 times. And then you, you know, gave us the breakdown on the Toronto game. And, you know, when you look at all this, uh, it's, it's been inconsistent play on, on both ends of the floor. You got a chance after two days rest, but, you know, we'll t- touch some more on the Pelicans. But again, it's about the Warriors and how they yeah. play. And, uh, you know, we're going to break this down and talk about Wiggins and, and uh, Kaminga and why why aren't the heck they playing better together or individually. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Chris Paul's injury and the perfect time for Draymond to come back because Chris Paul was playing really well. 
Yeah, he he was. I, I, if you remember, he started like two twenty one from three on the yeah. season, and he worked his way up to thirty six percent by the time uh, he went out with the injury when he when he broke his hand against the Detroit Pistons. But let, let's go to Kaminga and Wiggins playing together on the court since you touched on it, Saint. And they started together against Toronto, and obviously it didn't work out there. And, and Gary, you said time and time again this season that these two Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins are the the key to the season but their two-man combinations have just produced some of the worst numbers their net rating this yeah. year Saint minus 20.6 in 146 minutes on the floor it's the worst two-man combo wow. for Golden State for two-man groups that have as many minutes played together as those two have well I guess that's why I'm not on the bench anymore <laughs> <laughs> because when I look at this, they've been recently going a three-guard lineup with Chris Paul and Curry and Thompson. Yeah. But, boy, for me, you know, uh, this is intriguing to me. I, I don't understand why. You know, Wiggins has gone through a lot off the court. But uh, he, he just hasn't been himself. I, uh, to me, he's looked like he's playing in Minnesota again. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing that smile. Uh, yeah. I'm not seeing that energy out there with him. And it's a darn shame. And with Kaminga, um, I've talked a lot about this. This is on the assistant coaches. Uh, you put the, the fire out with the fire extinguisher. You can sense when players are frustrated. You, you encourage him to go and talk to the coach. And then yeah. you also, the GM should be involved. And uh, he, should, he should have a sit down with him as well. And I'm going to tell you what happens here. And the beat writers love this. They get a call from some agent. Oh, my guy's not playing. He's not getting enough touches. Oh, boy, that's great. I got a great article for tomorrow. Yeah. And the way today's world is with the, the Internet stuff, that's all over the place. And uh, he's a young guy, and that, that just wasn't handled well. But how about Steve Kerr, the way he handled it? I played for 15 years. I was frustrated every year I didn't get more minutes or more time. So I, I love the way he handled it. But these I'm, I'm not backing away from this. These two guys should be able to play together at a high level and bring that athleticism. And if you use the combination of those two plus uh, Green when he comes back, I, I'm going to stick to it. I, I like that. I like the threesome. I don't know who starts and who finishes, but I like it. And... Uh, you know, the, the two rookies are, are putting a, earning minutes. That's all I can say. They really are. But uh, the minute distribution is a tough thing because you've had a lot of parity. You haven't had a, you know, Steph's up there by himself. In the last two weeks, Clay's been better. Uh, you know, but then you got a lot of, you know, uh, I'm playing well, you're playing well, next guy's playing well, or we're playing average or whatever. And uh, it, it's, it's a tough road right now for the coaches and the players. But a few wins and uh, some better play, and then you break it down as a group and then individually, and, you know, things can correct themselves. Yeah, I mean, there are still 46 games left in yeah, the season. There long, still is yeah. plenty, plenty of time. We're about a month away from the trade deadline, and, and I'm not asking you to say yeah. trade X player, or trade Y player. I mean, if you want to go there, you can. But have you seen enough to determine one way or another whether this team 
needs to make a move before or at the February trade deadline? Are you still giving this team an incomplete like you have in the past because either Draymond has, you know, Draymond, yeah. it's been a month since he's played. Gary Payton II's been in and out of the lineup, and he, he's still going to be out for some time. Yeah, it's easy to give you an incomplete. But, um, you know, gosh, you know, I, I think the world of Mike Dunleavy. And he's, he's stepped now, and this is what happens. Uh, and you're trying to figure out how we can get this to roll again. And, uh, you know, you said it. There are only four games out of the six spot. You know, it, yeah. it isn't like the dam broke and the water's coming over and we're going to drown here. Uh, it can get going here because of the parity. Now, here's your positives. You have some assets. I, I know... Uh, NBA people look at this roster and they say, geez, I could take that guy, that salary, because they, they got this computer thing now where you can match salaries and all that kind of thing to make trades, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. They didn't have that in the old days. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I'm going to share with you is maybe there's a three-for-two or a two-for-one deal, and then um, maybe some piece out there makes more sense than what you got because um, – a lot of guys have shown some positives. We we haven't even touched on Moody. Yeah. Uh, and he's a guy that's playing good, solid basketball. Chris Paul goes down now. Is there a chance for him to get more time? So uh, it, it's a situation that's got to be, like you said, you sit down and try to figure out who's going to play well together. Uh, but for the life of me, I, I, you know, and I watch them all. I, I can't figure that one out with, with uh, Kaminga and Wiggins. And uh, I'm, I've seen him play very well. So, that yeah. it's, you know, it's like being a teacher and having a student, and, and he's struggling. But then he aces a test, and he goes back to struggling. And you say, what the heck is going on here? And that's where I'm at with these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, if... 2022 Andrew Wiggins NBA playoffs oh, that boy. year Spot is, is able to, to to come back. Like I don't yes. think there would be these issues with him and Jonathan Kamingo on the floor because I mean that Andrew Wiggins was obviously defending oh. at a high rate. He was rebounding at a high rate. He was also hitting threes at a very high rate, and, and that would be the thing just because his shot hasn't been there this year. That it just kind of crowds the court a little bit more because Kaminga is not a knockdown shooter at this point in his career, but. Let's talk a little more about Jonathan Kaminga because it was a big headline you know, with, with him last Friday, the Athletic reporting that Jonathan Kaminga had lost faith in Steve Kerr after not playing down the stretch. Now, we should say that it seems like things have smoothed over, right? Like Kaminga and Kerr both said they had a productive conversation on Friday. And, and we'll start with this before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of the Denver game in particular. But what's the key in handling a situation like this as a GM or as a coach when your player is publicly frustrated with playing time? Well, you know, he, he's brought it to the table uh, to the public. But you're going to sit down with him individually. And, uh, you know, you also hope that a player in the locker room goes to the vets. And what better guy to talk to than, than Steph Curry? Uh, yeah. And, and, and you, you, you tell a young guy, hey, believe it or not, the majority of us went through the same thing you're going through. And uh, the minutes aren't handed on a silver platter. And, they're you know, uh, coaches are human. 
They're going to make some mistakes. You and I agreed. There was a couple times that he could have played in the fourth quarter, maybe that he didn't. Uh, but coaches admitted that. And yeah. then you you look at the situation, and uh, and, and you've you got to, as a coach, look at this, how this all fits. Because Wiggins struggling to shoot the ball well from, from three, and Kaminga's... Well, you know, he can make a shot here or there, but I'm going to I'm going to make both of those guys beat me over the top versus, you know, crowding them. And uh and now you bring Draymond back and you're playing Looney too. Yeah. So, you know, you can get away with playing a couple of uh non-shooters because of your style of play and and the Warriors have done that for a long long time. But um you know, it, it's it's going to take a collective effort here. Uh to get it going, but I, I think the whole thing can be handled well with Kaminga. You know, I, 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 hey, people make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but let's let's uh, let's work about uh, getting it going the right way. And I, I I think because of the people in that organization, players, coaches, that that can get going in the right direction. Yeah, and, and look, hindsight. Obviously, Kaminga should have come back in the fourth yeah. quarter. At least that that that's my opinion. I think it's the opinion of most people. I personally would have brought him back at the 501 mark when uh, Golden State called timeout. Denver had gone on a 7-0 run to cut it to 123-112. He also kind of made a comment to Marcus Thompson, I believe it was, uh, after the Christmas loss to Denver, how he played well in that game and yeah. then didn't play as much as he liked. That being said, and those are two big examples. I don't think the playing time dilemma is as dire as people are making it out to be because like Kaminga is on pace to play more games, more minutes per game than he ever has in his career. And you know, so if you read some stuff online, you know, people might be clamoring for him to get to, you know, 25 minutes a game. Well, he's at 23 minutes per game right now. He's been in the everyday rotation. So it's not like he's that far off from the time that I think people generally think he should be getting. I mean, we're talking about 8% less time, potentially, that he's playing. No, that, that's a great breakdown on your part. And, uh, you know, I think the discussion then comes, you know, playing end games. And let's face it, two years ago, Wiggins was the second best player on the floor for an NBA yes. championship team. And so they they were looking for defense uh, as they go down the stretch and, and experience on the floor, and uh, it, it's easy to take that that uh, path. But uh, you know th- this guy's getting better. I, I like he the way he he's he's competing on the defensive end. You and I have talked about his ability to guard bigger or smaller guys on the ball. Uh, with experience, you become better off the ball. And if you have Draymond on the floor, that helps everybody. And uh, I, I love the way he's attacking the, the rim. Uh, he takes it off the bounce very, very well. And uh, his shot, he's, he's young. He's, he's, you know, I, I think he can become an average shooter, uh, which, which is good. But, uh, you know, hey, he's young. And, uh, you know, in, and sometimes when you got a veteran team, young players have to pay the price. And you've seen that with Moody and with him last year. 
Yeah, and, and look, I think with respect to his shot, there's reason to believe that he's going to up his three-point percentage this year because he was really cold from three to start each of his first two years. Well, his rookie year, he got up to 34%, and last year he got up to 37%. He's sitting That's at 27% really this year. And look, yeah, if this guy's going to hang around the mid-30s, I think that's all you really want from Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. You're not, you're not, ex- you're not asking him to be Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry from beyond the arc. Like he had so much other stuff that if he could just be, look, they gotta guard him when he's out there, that, like when he's out beyond the perimeter. Then that just makes him so much more dangerous. Yeah, you, you, exactly. And uh, he's got to understand that. And uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> my old assistant, he's a Hall of Famer, Pete Carrill. He used to, you know, oh, yeah. he, he looked like Columbo. He had a cigar going, you know, and all that <laughs> kind of thing. And he was a very, very bright guy, but sim- made the game simple. He'd tell a player, read the man in front of you. He'll tell you what to do. So if he sags off you, shoot the ball. If he crowds you, drive the ball. <laughs> and I can, I can see this with Kaminga. You know, sometimes it's like... Mm, what do I do here? You know, and yeah. the oven's getting hot. Take it, kid. You're one of the you're one of the best athletes in the darn league. Yep, exactly. Now let's move on to another guy who is hoping to get more minutes. At least the fans certainly want him to get more minutes in Moses Moody. And so I did a you know kind of a thought experiment against my better judgment going to social media. And I pose the question because you see every fan on Twitter or X saying, play Moses Moody more, free Moses Moody, Moses Moody this, Moses Moody that. And look, I love Moses Moody more than the next guy. Like, I think this guy is incredible. But I just asked fans, all right, new rule, Warriors, Triddle, Warriors Twitter. You can't just say Moses Moody should play more. you got to tell me, who you're playing him over. There you and, go. And, and for the most part, people would say, well, take some minutes from this guy, take some minutes from that guy. They would have like two or three guys that they would mention. And it's just like that's not how Steve Kerr's going to do it, right? Because it, it, it's not about expanding the rotation necessarily. If Steve Kerr's only going to play nine or ten guys and you only have 240 minutes of available court time to spread across your team – like that's just gonna muddy things up if he adds a player to the rotation. I, I'm not, I'm not saying right or wrong, Steve Kerr. Like for that take, I'm just assuming that Steve Kerr knows a lot more about basketball than I do, which I think is a pretty fair assumption to make. And, and so it's it's not just well, just carve out the minutes from three to four guys and give them to Moses, and then everyone's happy. Well, I'll tell you what's a lot of fun, and if you're a big fan. Uh, you know, you know what a whiteboard is. I know those are yep. archaic, but uh, <laughs> you, you get a marker up there and you go positions one through five, and just what you said, 240 minutes. Now you put your starters up there, and tell me how many minutes you hope for them to play. And in general, Steve's been—is it fair to say to you, 32 to 34 minutes if if things are really going well yeah. for say uh, Clay, Steph, and Draymond. Yep. And then you got a lower level, maybe with the it, when, when we looked at the past at that starting five with Looney and Wiggins, maybe they're at twenty-eight to thirty, 
and then you start coming down a little bit. And what does that leave us at each position? Because that's only a, a start in five. Now, let's see if we got 32 and 48. I, I didn't go to Stanford, but I can figure so, there's 16 so, minutes left at that one position. And, and you break it down. But then yeah. you've got to break it down to as who you want to play with. I know you and I've had this big discussion about how they play Steph, whether he plays the whole first quarter, whether he comes out early and then goes back in with the second. And that's that's the work. You know, the coaching isn't all just X's and O's. It, we've seen an example with Kaminga about relationships and earning each other's trust and respect. But it's also about planning uh, how you're going to play against certain teams, who's going to play more than others because of matchups. And then you get into the X's and O's, but a big part of it is game management. And when you're in the game, not only play calls, but you're seeing who's playing well. And looking to see, like, you look at the Pelicans uh, tomorrow. They've got big, good wing defenders. Well, you know, Moody can get on the floor and do some things there because uh, that team is just crazy. They're so up and down. They, they, They blow my mind. But this young kid... Uh, what one thing a coach loves about him? He plays like a veteran, Kev. He yep. he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. I think he makes pretty darn good decisions. I don't think he's he's super uh, on defense, but I think he's solid. I don't think he he really hurts himself out there. So, you know, it, it's been a little bit of a tough ride for him. But uh, you and I have not lost any faith in him. I I think uh. he's a I think he's a seven to nine or ten guy on your team uh, as he grows. I I agree with you on that. And I'd like to talk about Moody a little bit more on the other side of this timeout. But first, folks, comedian Burt Kreischer is making a stop at Chase Center. Don't miss his Top Soft World Tour on Saturday, February 17th. Tickets on sale now at ChaseCenter.com. A little more Moody talk, a little Pelicans talk, a a little upcoming four-game road trip talk right here on 95.7 The Game when we return. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops and pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. All right, let's just finish up the Moses Moody conversation because I I do really love watching Moses Moody play. I think he's going to be a rotation player in the NBA for at least 10 years as a, at least as a seven to 10 guy in your rotation, Uh, you know, really good kind of role player off the bench as Gary was mentioning. But I also do think some fans need to take a step back just because he's out of the rotation for two to three games doesn't mean he's going to stay out of the rotation. We've seen this time and time again how fluid things are in the NBA. And, and like him being out of the rotation for one or two games does not mean that there is uh, necessarily that that is going to be the case going forward. So Moses Moody this year, 8.4 points, 3.1 rebounds, 49% from the field, 79% from the foul line. Those are all career highs as are his 18 minutes per game. And he's on pace to play the most games he's ever had in a season, and therefore the most minutes he's ever played. He's playing more. He's playing significantly more. There are only 12 to 13, there are 12 to 13 rotation-level guys on this team, and there are only 240 minutes. So I'm sorry that 
he didn't play a couple of games in a row, but I think overall things are trending upwards for Moses Mooney, and I don't think that's deniable. Kev, if I was another team, I'd be calling. I'm seeing he's yeah. not playing. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why, because we really like him on this other team. And you see if he's available. Now, we got to keep in mind that Podzimski has just earned every minute he's playing. Yep. He swallowed him up. He's playing great. I read a stat today. He's like the fourth or fifth best guard offensive rebounder in the league. Uh, coaches love they don't like it. They love when guards <laughs> rebound. And he puts yep. his nose in there, whether it's against a big or it's a long rebound with instinct. Uh, so you've had a situation where you've had a surprise. A rookie's come in there, and, it, it, and you kind of you kind of sit there as a coach, and you say, that son of a gun's playing so good, I can't take him off the floor. And, yeah. and that's kind of what's happened with that guy. So I'm I'm entirely with you. And now you got two guards down. You got Peyton down, and, and you got Paul down. Yep. So uh, there's minutes there, and he's going to get a shot in in the next uh, week here, and uh, hopefully for him he plays well. I I love his attitude. That guy yeah. has kept himself ready, and when he's had opportunities, as you noted, terrific stats. Yeah, and I I I just think he is playing more then people are saying he's playing. Like, the 18 minutes per game, that's not nothing. And it's five more minutes per game yeah. than he got last year. So, look, he's 21 years old. He's working his way into the league. I think he's progressing very nicely. Well, let's take a look at some upcoming broadcasts presented by Ticketmaster. Tomorrow, the Warriors finish up a, a, a really rough homestand against the New Orleans Pelicans. 5 p.m. airtime, 5.30 tip time. Remember, it is a 5.30 p.m. game, not 7 p.m. game. It is presented by AM PM. Then the road trip starts in Chi-Town against the Chicago Bulls. Friday, January 12th, 4.30 on the air, 5 p.m. tip time on 95.7. Back in a back-to-back in Milwaukee, so not much travel involved. 4.30 airtime, 5 p.m. tip time. Then they go to Memphis on MLK. Day 2.30 airtime, 3 p.m. tip time in Memphis, and they finish up the four-game road trip, which will get them to exactly 41 games, so the midpoint of the season, at Utah Wednesday, January 17th, 5.30 airtime, 6 p.m. tip time, right here on 95.7 The Game with Tim Roy on the call. And, and so let's talk a little bit about the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they're coming off that big win in Sacramento on oh. Sunday, 133-100. to 100. They shot 61% from the field and 54 from three. They out-rebounded Sacramento 51-25. to 25. Uh, So this is a Pelicans team, and we've said it, as long if they are ever fully healthy, this is yeah. a team that could really, really be a problem for for teams in the Western Conference and the NBA at large. Uh, you, you're right, Kev. They uh, they've got all the pieces. They've they've got a old school center in Valanciunas, and uh, Ingram's a, a big time scorer. Uh, I I don't know when Williamson plays, he puts numbers up. Uh, you know, left handed. Yeah. Great finishing touch around the rim. Seldom shoots from beyond six feet. Uh, but, you know, he's again, they, they've been holding him out, being careful with him. Uh, and so that front line is really good. And, and 
you, you know, you you look at that team, and I I love like Murray and Jones, Murphy and Jones. Those guys are long, yep. defend. Murray can really shoot. Um, they're deep. Their bench is good. I like some of their guys. Uh, so you know, I look at that team, and I'm with you. Uh, I, I they're capable of playing at a really high level, and uh, so we'll see what happens. I love it because it's an early game. Uh, this is cool what the NBA's doing. The month of January yeah. with these 5:30 games, uh, national games on ABC. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it's going to be a tough test. And then you said it going on the road. I, I, it's crazy. Chicago without Levine has kind of found themselves, and uh, they're they're doing a really really nice job, led by DeRozan and and playing a. a, a Good, solid team basketball. You got a ton of drama going on in Milwaukee. Uh, that's an easy trip, as you said. That's like driving from here to Sacramento. That That's yep. a piece of cake. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you look at Memphis. They're, they're up 15 at halftime against Dallas tonight. Yeah, yeah. And, I have that uh, game on right now. And, and you know, they, uh, they're they doing a darn good job. They're getting a lot of uh, production from a lot of people. And, uh, you know, so you look at this trip, and but there's winnable games. And I've said all along, the Warriors have so far this year not taken care of business at home to the level that they need to be at. If you can go 500 on the road, and last year was a disaster on the road. Yeah. But, you know, I, they've been more competitive on the road this year. And uh, there's, there's no reason why you can't go out there and uh, win tomorrow and get a split on the road trip. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I j you just look at those teams, Chicago, Milwaukee, Memphis, and Utah. I mean, look, I don't want to make the prediction that they're going to go 3-1, and one, especially the way they're playing right now. <laughs> but you take a look at that, and if you are the Warriors and you, th and you are the team you think you are, you, and if you think you could still be a championship contender, you look at that and say, by golly, we can go 3-1 and one on this road trip. Well, they can, and the last team you, you mentioned was Utah, and I, I thought they were dead. Yeah, and they're gone they're... eight and three. They're the last eleven <laughs> yeah. games. They're, they're yeah, playing they're... really, really well. And Kessler's really coming off the bench. And if you've got any info on that, I don't, I don't know what the heck is going on there because <laughs> I love that kid. And yeah, uh, you know, so you're right. Um, but it, again, I, I look at the teams they're playing. They're not. None of them are playing at just oh gosh we got to play them level, uh, you know they can they can go out there and get it done. But tomorrow's a, a big one. Um, it, it's going to take really a, a great great performance from everybody to beat a young up and coming team. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a big game. Got to finish the home strand, stand strong. Three and four does sound a lot better than two and five. And then you get within one game of 500, and then you try to get back above 500 at the midpoint of this upcoming four-game road trip. Well, that'll do it for us tonight, folks. A big thank you to Marika Cleto, R.C. Davis, James Kincaid with the Golden State Warriors, Mark Grandy holding things down behind the glass for us in uh, our San Francisco studios in 95-7, the game. For Gary St. Jean, I'm Kevin Dana. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. 
You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry breaks it through, one hand three, up and good! On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. Playful and nailed it! 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.